It's your boy Kai here with another episode of the Vibe with Kai podcast. If you found yourself here, that means you are here to explore more of the conversation about mental health and the stigma surrounding it. I am part of the NeuroSpicing community as of 2022 when I was diagnosed with severe ADHD, depression, and generalized anxiety disorder. Yes, I am a triple threat. (laughs) I use my social media platforms and this podcast to have these important talks about mental health, adding levity to the conversation in the hope of getting more and more people to feel comfortable to talk about their very own mental health journey. With that said, my friends, thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get started with today's episode. What's going on, Vibers, and welcome to the Vibe with Kai podcast. It's your boy, Kai, and today I'm speaking once again with my good friend, licensed mental health counselor and founder of Healthy Minds and More Counseling Services, Chelsea Macaron. This is part three. This is part three of our of, of us uh, answering questions. Well, not me answering questions, but the expert answering questions regarding, uh, you know, things surrounding uh, therapy, just questions that people are afraid to ask. And so they, they, I serve as a vessel and I get hit with knowledge from the expert, Miss, Mrs. Uh, Chelsea Macaron. And then we get all of this more information over to you. So that's what we do. Uh, before we get to our guests, don't forget that uh, if you're a fan of this podcast, you can get even more exclusive content on the Vibe with Kai Patreon, especially if you're into having insightful discussions surrounding mental health, good vibes, positive energy. Simply click the link in the description of this podcast and subscribe it's only $1 per month. That's it. $12 a year. And you'll get a bunch of stuff. Exclusive access to mental health and wellness content that you won't get anywhere else. Plus a sneak peek behind the scenes look at my life. I post stuff on there. I don't post anywhere else. It's my safe space. So go subscribe today. $1 per month. With that said, let's meet our guest today. Chelsea Macaron became a licensed mental health counselor in 2016 and has worked with individuals who have had a variety of areas of improvement and growth, including but not limited to depression, anxiety, marital relationship concerns, parenting problems, low self-esteem, codependency, and so much more. Chelsea has, I sound like I'm uh, introducing you for like Saturday Night Live or something like that. Oh, I'm feeling like game show vibes over here. (laughs) And coming up, Chelsea has an eclectic therapy style that she, <laughs> that she utilizes interventions, techniques, and theories best, that best suit her clients in a way that speaks their language. She tends to gravitate towards person-centered and solution-focused modalities. Got that right for the first time. She believes Woo-hoo. in holistic wellness and health uh, and, and has a warm approach to clients. She tends to view the therapeutic relationship as a, helping her clients guide and navigate their journey. We're going to be talking with uh, with this wonderful person today. Hi, Chelsea. Hello. Hey. Happy. What's today? Today's today's Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. Hump Day. Hump Day. <laughs> Thank oh, you for man. sitting with me again. Are you sick and tired of me yet? No, not at all. I actually really enjoy these. I kind of look forward oh. to them. Oh, I, I feel like a that. small stalker. Like I'm like, do you want <laughs> no. another one? Hey, you want to do another one? No, no, no. I've had stalkers in my life, and I promise you, you are not one of them. Oh. Now, if you okay. randomly show up at my front door, then we're gonna have to have a conversation because that has happened before. People Ain't nobody got time for that. apparently people do people have time and they show up that i've had two people show up at my front door and i'm like this is not okay no that's not okay no let's talk about boundaries 
Yes, yes. Today's episode is all and about impulse boundaries. control. <laughs> like, do not show up at my front door, please. Mm. Goodness gracious. Um, but we, yeah, we have a, a new slew of questions that uh, that I want to throw over your way. And my friends, if you have any specific questions that you would like to have asked, you know, if you are afraid to ask uh, a therapist or a mental health professional. Uh, a question about therapy, anything related to what you're going through, uh, feel free to send it over my way and then I'll make sure I include it, uh, include it the next time that uh, Chelsea and I speak. Because I feel like this is just like an ongoing thing now. I, I like it. Yeah, I'm a fan. I do too. I feel yeah. like we're really like reaching people who yeah. need it or who are like scared or nervous or Absolutely. anxious. And yeah, shoot, shoot it over yeah. our way, and, and I'll definitely I'll, I'll work in as as many as I can. And uh, and let's 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 get down to business, Mulan style. Let's get down to business. Down to business. <laughs> <laughs> that, that shows what kind of mood I'm in today. Mm. It's, uh, I'm a hot mess today. Hot mess. <laughs> I'll join you. <laughs> yeah, we're all in the hot mess express. Um, okay, so our first question revolves around family therapy. Uh, mm-hmm. The question is, how does family therapy work? Does the whole family go to therapy together? Yeah, usually, um, if if it's being done right. Um, so I love it because I, I feel like every time I say it depends. So family <laughs> therapy, um, every therapist, I guess, like works it a little bit differently. But um, the gist is, yeah, you you kind of want to have everyone participate. There's usually an identified an identified person IP. Um, you know, so it's different families are going to family therapy for different reasons, right? Are you going to family therapy because there's a separation of parents? Are you going to family therapy because a kid has acting out behaviors? Are you going to family mm-hmm. therapy because you guys experienced grief and loss, you know? Um, so, yeah, I think most people in the family would want to participate. Nuclear family. We're not gr- bringing grandma and grandpa in. You yeah, know, I was but... going to ask, like, how 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 does that work? So is it like one of those things like like you're going to bring in like how how big of a family are we talking here? Are we bring in like mom, dad, son, daughter, grandma, grandpa, the weird uncle. Like, is everybody yeah, coming? I think it's all just caregivers. It, I mean, it depends. Most most of the time, sweeping generalization, you're going to family mm-hmm. therapy because there's a minor that needs therapy that's the ip okay the so the focus person. is is so the focus you're, what you're saying is the focus is more on the the child usually. side of it okay usually mm-hmm. um because think about it like parents are like i don't know what to do with this kid here fix my kid and then mm. you know or there's a divorce something like that um right. and so yeah so you know you usually we'll meet with the whole family sometimes if it's like the ip is is a child we'll maybe meet with the parents individually a little bit um before bringing the child in for the group um mm-hmm. but yeah i mean with family therapy i think most of the time it's like psychoeducation for parenting and like mm. how to support the ip and like the 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 family systems dynamic and stuff like that mm-hmm. but yeah usually it's it's the whole family do you find it do you find it difficult at all to to like you as a therapist is it difficult ever to to have the, these kind of like conversations with the family and and the reason I ask is is everybody like upfront and like out like out they come out with like information that helps or is it something that people are kind of hesitant and you have to kind of pull it out of them a little bit I think it just depends like on the type of person you are there's some people Mm -hmm. that are a little more guarded and a little more private and it's like Mm -hmm. harder for them to kind of share um I I I was working with this one family once where the um 
the it was it was a teenage child um and and she was just like stuck in the victim Mm. role and like just couldn't get out of it um no matter how hard she tried and the parents Mm -hmm. were like like stuck like not knowing how to support her and you know and so we we really worked on like educating the parents on like how to be more supportive but also like directive and and like kind of holding her accountable and Mm -hmm. you know just different things like that so it looks different I guess for every family because some family some families the grandparents are are the caregivers and you know and there's that sometimes it's an adult child like I worked with an adult child and her Mm. mom you know um so you know I guess it depends on what the family right it's really interesting that it like and I, I never thought of it that it revolves mainly around the child and I'm curious if there's times when like maybe like the son and the mom are like we need to have dad like help like part of this as well does that does that kind of like conversation happen too yeah yeah it does I mean uh, nine times out of ten it's usually the mother and the kids <laughs> right. um, but <laughs> right. you know I, I think yeah I mean I, I think all scenarios have the propensity to happen mm-hmm. um, but every family structure looks so different especially in this modern day of age like blended families and like broken homes and like right you know, again, grandparents raising children, um, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, sometimes well, it's even siblings. Like I had a session with two adult siblings just, mm-hmm. you know, cause there was one of, you know, one of them was, you know, struggling with an illness. Right. And... I want to, I want to, I want to, uh, ask you about that. Cause one of the things you, you, you mentioned just now is that it's usually the, the, the mother that kind of initiates everything. Why do you think, why do you think that is? I, I think again sweeping generalizations Mm -hmm. I think that women have a tendency to be more open to the concept Mm -hmm. or the idea of therapy and processing and talking about feelings and Mm -hmm. you know um part of that is because it's been implanted in us in society and like Mm. you know gender stereotypes and roles over the generations which I think are starting to we're starting to break out of like gender norms anyway now but sure I mean, it's still passed on. And so I think just women as the nurturers are like, we need to fix this problem where mm. I think uh, systemically and, you know, culturally men are just like, no, just, just buck up, you know, pull up sure. your big boy pants, pull up your big yeah. girl pants and just, you know, just get it fixed. Like mm-hmm. we don't need to pay somebody to talk about our problems, you know? Right. right. And again, sweeping generalizations. Um, but Listen, my husband married a therapist. Like I'm a therapist and my husband <laughs> is still like, I'm crazy. I don't need to go to therapy. <laughs> like, right. You know, so, and it's like he yeah. married someone. That's a right, right. It's really interesting that like, like this is, this is a conversation that, that, you know, we're having in today's world about, you know, men, you know, stepping up and, and becoming more familiar with, with the benefits the, and, and of, of, of therapy and things like that. Cause I was in the same boat. Like I honestly did not think like whenever I thought of therapy, I I honestly thought of like, you know, people having just mental breakdowns all the time and they just can't help themselves. So like, you know, it's just like, they're going to be in a straight jacket if they don't get their life. Like I really thought like this really, really ignorant mindset about therapy, which is why like, to your point, like, I was like, I don't need therapy, like buck up, you know, like, like wipe wipe it off brush it off get up keep going kind of kind of thing because that's what was taught to me 
you know, playing sports and, and all of like my coaches, you know, were very, very adamant about that kind of mindset and ideology. Hyper-masculinity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it took me honestly 30 plus years to really get myself out of that at least in a way that I'm comfortable enough to be, you know, a lot more vulnerable and, and a lot more open to asking for help because I went 30 plus years thinking like, this is on me. I need to figure this out on my own. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a cool feeling. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that and being so oh, vulnerable. Yeah. I know, I mean, I know most of your stuff is pretty open and vulnerable, so um, that's kind of on brand for you. <laughs> oh, Oh, but shucks. I appreciate you sharing that with me. <laughs> I think I, I thank you for for those kind words. Um, yeah. so uh, that there was technically uh there was a couple of questions regarding family to you know today, and uh, there was one uh that came in, and I, I think we kind of alluded to this before, but you know, with an answer that you gave, uh, what are some common reasons why families decide to go to therapy together? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um. I mean, and like you said, I kind of, I did allude to it. I think divorce is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, separation of, of parents is a big one. Um, uh, um, maybe some grief and loss stuff. I think mm. problems, like really, I think a lot of it is like problems with the children. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And I can't speak for other practitioners because I know that there's a lot that will do like child therapy um a lot of the times I find when there's an identified person as the child it's the parents that really need Mm, the support interesting Mm -hmm. um (laughs) because our children are are mirrors of ourselves Mm -hmm. and so if your your child's behavior is triggering something with you it's usually Mm you fair enough yeah yeah um you know so right and you're and you're you yourself are are a parent how how mindful of that are you when like when you're parenting you know your child I'm very mindful and I'm gonna let this cat out of this room because like you said your cats drive you crazy (laughs) she's doing that same thing so hold on one second that's fine Well, what she's referencing right now, you'll notice if you're watching this podcast, you'll notice that uh, for the last couple of podcasts, I have been utilizing this background because in my actual living room where I record everything, my cats have decided that they are going to be the stars of the show from this point forward. And so they will just cause a ruckus in the background and it is distracting not only to the viewer, but to me with my ADHD. Cause once my, once my attention has gone, it's gone. Like that's it. My train of thought is just out of here. Like, so I'm like, I need to not be, have to look at my screen and just see my cats just like, Hey, yeah, what you doing? What you doing yeah. over there? Mine was just <laughs> cooing and pacing and being crazy. Yeah. I'm sure you saw the blinds moving. She was just—I <laughs> was having a hard time focusing. So right, right, it's all. Um, good. What was the question? Oh, me being a parent um, and mm-hmm. how mindful. So, mm, before I was a parent, I had this like conception of like what type of parent I was going to be, mm. and you know the kind of behavior. Oh, my kid's not going to do that, and la 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 la. Interesting. Right? Yeah, I think a lot of parents kind of feel that way sometimes before they become a parent. Yeah. Yeah. And then I um, became a parent and I started learning more 
mm-hmm. um, and realize there's this thing called conscious parenting, gentle parenting, mm. um, responsive or respectful parenting, all the same kind of concept. And I really, really subscribe to it. So anytime I'm working with like parents or families or anything, I let them know, like I have a huge bias and this is mm-hmm. like kind of my platform. Um, but the concept is, is like you treat kids like, like human beings and not like, mm. you know, kids are meant to be seen and not heard type kind of mentality. Mm. And so I, every behavior from a child like has a message and it's saying something. And so it's not about necessarily like controlling their behavior or changing their behavior, but rather it's about connecting with them to gain mm. cooperation. Um, and so, yeah, I, I very many, many times had to like recognize like, why is this behavior triggering me? Why mm-hmm. is, why am I getting angry about this? And a lot of it is either A, I wasn't allowed to do it when I was a kid um, or, or B, I felt like I was out of control of, you know, of this little person, but they're their own person. And so, um, so I'm very mindful of it and I, I do a lot of reading and listening and um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm trying and to think of the name of the book and I'm blanking right now, but there's a really good how book. How dare you? You're supposed to have raising all the answers right humans. now. What is it? Raising, raising Good Humans. Raising Good is, Humans. Okay. Um, One of the books that I did. And they have like work for you as the parent to do. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad that we're talk, talking about this. And, and it's, it's, it's funny that how a bunch of questions came in surrounding this, because uh, another question that came in, and this is a perfect segue for it is how does divorce affect my children? Yeah, it's going to affect your kids uh, differently, depending on the stage that your child is in, depending on the kind of divorce, the co-parenting. Is it one of those divorces where one of the parents just like dipped and disappeared? Mm. Is it like an amicable divorce, like where we're going to we're going to co-parent and Mm -hmm. we have no problem like sharing the space? Like there's some parents that like will have like a house that they rent for the kids. The kids stay there and the parents rotate it must be nice to have money like that <laughs> well yeah yeah i mean i'm sure i'm sure they you right. know whatever but no, like i, I mean saying. yeah you know so it's a constant for the kids yeah so it just depends like what what the divorce looks like and then the stage of the children like mm-hmm. i was reading this article and it was talking about how you could have two children um, raised by the same parents, but experience their parents differently because their parents are at a different stage of their lives. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So like if you had a sibling that's like two years younger than you, yeah. right? Yeah. Like you, your parents may have um, a higher income when they had your, your sibling um, than when they had you. And so maybe they're wow. more relaxed or whatever. And so they're at a different stage in their lives, or let's say it's a five-year difference, right? Like right, right. you're very different from 25 to 30 years old. Mm-hmm. So if you're 25 with your first child versus 30 with your second, your second child's going to get a very different version of you as a parent. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really interesting. You say that because my, I have a sister, my sister is 12 years older than me. And she quite often compares the way that my parents raised her versus the way that my parents raised me. She's always bringing up things like what, you know, that I would get away with. And she would be like, you didn't, I didn't get away. You didn't let me get away with that when I was younger. Like, like, you know, little things like that, that she would always, you know, throw out there. And it's funny. I never, 
I never thought of it that way. That's really interesting. Yeah, your parents had 12 years to mm-hmm. mature and mm-hmm. get more either relaxed because they've just calmed down, you know, a little bit in their mm-hmm. older age. Maybe they had, you know, again, a different financial situation. Right, right. You know, you get right. older and you realize life's too short to be such a stick in the mud sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I I, I, I turned 36 uh, last week. and. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and <laughs> I I won't lie. There was a, there was a moment I had a I had a little lapse where I would say a couple of days get down get down. Sorry, my cats. They decided that that they they think I can't see them in here now, but I can see them over there. And they thought they can they were allowed to hop on the kitchen counter, which they're not allowed to do. They know better. Ooh, you got you have to witness cat daddy just now. <laughs> <laughs> now I forgot my question. Oh, 36. So um, I had a little lapse a couple days before my birthday where I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to be 40 in four, three, four years. And that scared the living mess out of me. And I was just like down. I was like, what am I doing with my life? Am I on the right track? I'm not married. I don't have children. Am I doing things okay? Like, why am I not a billionaire? Like all of these things, I was beating myself up about so much. And I found my way out of it, right? It, like it was it was a it was a day that I was like just really down. And I, and I found I ended up like grounding myself and you know, finding a way to look at things from a different perspective and just be thankful for the life that I have and the things that I have and things like that. Um, So my question to you is this, if there is somebody out there that's listening or watching that has, you know, maybe a big milestone coming up and they are having similar thoughts like that, what would you say to them? Mm. Um, I have a lot of clients that feel this way. Um, And a lot of it is because they're comparing their timeline with somebody else in their life. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I always say the comparison game is a really slippery slope. Yes, it is. And, you know, there's always somebody going to be faster, richer, taller, stronger, whatever. Mm -hmm. And there's always going to be somebody weaker and poorer and slower (laughs) and, you know, whatever. And so... Mm -hmm. If you get into that comparison game, you're giving yourself a really unfair advantage because yes. you never know what someone else's struggle was yes. like. Yes. You never know what someone else's, um, oh, what's it called? Privilege was like, mm-hmm. you know, um, so you don't really know what their journey was like. And so you're comparing their highlight reel mm. to your life. And only you know what your life is. You don't know mm-hmm. what their life was. And mm-hmm. so I always encourage and challenge my my clients and my patients, whatever you want to call them, um, my people, <laughs> to <laughs> not play the comparison game with others. Yeah. People. And that's only hard person, to do. Yeah. That's the hard to do. The only person you can compare yourself with is who you were yesterday. Mm, yes. Right, right. And that's really hard to do, especially in the age of just like digital media where a lot of people put, you know, their, what they want people to know about their life out there, you know? And like, it, even, even in my case, you know, people come up to me or people come up to me or they'll message me and they'll say, 
I like, I don't get it. How are you always smiling? How are you always in a good mood? How are you all? And I'm like, I'm not, no. you are seeing curated content. Like I'm a genuine person. Everything you see from me on social media and on, on my podcast, everything is genuine, but it's very curated. You know, the stuff that I put out there, you know, like I am vulnerable, but anything I put out there are things that I've processed, right? things that I've like really thought through um, personally. And then uh, now I'm at a point that I feel comfortable enough to talk about this publicly, right? But there's a lot of things that I'm dealing with that like <laughs> man like i can't talk about it publicly now because like I, I don't even know what the heck is happening like i'm still trying to figure it out you know and yeah. there's plenty of times when you know i cry there's plenty of times when i sit you know sit back and i'm just like what the hell am i doing you know and or i'll beat myself up or you know my adhd will get the best of me or my depression will get the best of me my anxiety will get the best of me. Like those days happen more often than what people realize. I don't film it, <laughs> you know, but it does happen. It does happen. So, you know, that's, that's a very good point that you bring up in regards to comparison, because I get those messages all the time. How are you always smiling? I'm like, Ooh, I should put a camera in I'm my house. <laughs> yeah. Like I should put Just like on Instagram. Every- <laughs> exactly like 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 i said everything i put out there is genuine like if you see me smiling like it's a genuine smile mm-hmm. but man there are times when i'm just like a hot 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 mess right you're just not <laughs> filming it it's just not yeah. being yeah 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 that's just me um so here's speaking of <laughs> there's another uh interesting question <laughs> is there a cure to depression will i just wake up one day and everything will be okay um i don't think there's like a cure there's no mm-hmm. like oh, remember there's robin no, like, williams syrup, like a cough syrup or something there's no like uh do you Benadryl? remember robin williams stand up fuck it all mm-hmm. yes yeah yes. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. rest in peace robin williams oh man yeah mm-hmm. he was epic but yeah there's 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 yeah there's no i mean there's not a thing and so there's some people who have like depression where it's mm-hmm. like this chemical thing with serotonin and um reuptake inhibitors and mm-hmm. you know all that kind of stuff and then there's some people who have like depressive symptoms and it's mm-hmm. not a chemical thing and it's a mindset thing and it's a uh, input consumption thing and um yeah, there's not like a cure, you know, there's just mm-hmm. a way to manage the symptoms and the symptomology. Right. right. Um, and some people, like the people who have, you know, the neurotransmitter thing going on, they need medication, they need antidepressants, mm-hmm. they need SSRIs, they need that kind of stuff. And some people who have the cognitive distortions and who have the thinking problem, um, they need to challenge their cognitive thought and their cognitive Mm -hmm. processing and their response and they need to guard their input and their consumption um and when I say guard your input and consumption I I honestly honestly like full-heartedly believe that you are what you consume whether Mm -hmm. it be food media music Mm -hmm. um 
books, all that kind of stuff. If you sit and watch trash TV all day mm. long, you are going to feel like trash TV, whether it's like bad girls club, like whatever, it's going to speak to you. It's going to speak yeah. inside your brain and it's going to brainwash you. And so what are you going to wash your brain with? Are you going to wash mm-hmm. your brain with like these podcasters and like, mm-hmm. um, self-help hey people. what do you have against well, podcasters no, why i order <laughs> no i'm saying it is a good thing no, like, i get it yeah, yeah, yeah. good things and mm-hmm. and wash your brain of good stuff and things mm-hmm. that are uplifting and positive there's enough garbage on tv that Facts. will depress you like straight Facts. up you just watch any news station for good oh i can't watch the news. hour and it's you're like, hard for me to watch the news it's terrible. It, yeah it's very very difficult for me to to, to watch the news and you know, I, I I stay up to date on everything because I, I I do feel that's important. But man, I do not watch the news in like like long form, extended amounts of time. Like I'll get the highlights and I'll read up on the things that are like important. But like like the onslaught of constant news, absolutely not. Ain't no way. Ain't no, no way. No, we have um, no cable in this house. Oh, nice. No cable. Mm-hmm. Not allowed. I don't have cable either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not allowed. Uh, mm-hmm. My husband's a news junkie, but he'll watch it on his phone. I'm right. I right. Guard my, I guard my input. Yeah. Yeah. I used to get like, even I even took things like um, off my phone. I used to have like CNN alerts, like sent to my phone. I even got rid of that, got rid of that. Cause it was just a constant, like every, every hour, there was just <laughs> something new. It's like, am I going to die from this or am I going to die from this? Like which one? (laughs) And I think we talked, touched on this, our first podcast ever together is like Mm -hmm. how it's an alarmist kind of media now too. So Mm -hmm. it's like constantly creating anxiety Mm -hmm. and it's, yeah, it's a mess. Yep. It's not Walter Cronkite anymore. Just this is the news. (laughs) This is what happened. This is what's going on. And that's it. Like, yes, yes. Oh boy. Um, well, this is this could this is actually a perfect segue for it. <laughs> I think. Uh, does smoking weed help with my depression and anxiety? Ooh, so I am not actually um, certified to like mm-hmm. prescribe any of the medicinal marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, I do personally believe under a doctor's care you could potentially mm-hmm. find a strain that can help with anxiety i don't know mm-hmm. about depression because mm-hmm. i feel like um weed is a uh, depressant mm-hmm. um but it could help with anxiety i mean i've seen it happen but i think mm-hmm. again you you can't with any medication in my opinion you can't just take the medication and not do the therapy facts right so mm-hmm. if kind of like you're not going to go for chemo and not see the oncologist Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if you're taking medication for um, mental health, um, I highly, highly, highly uh, recommend going to a psychotherapist. Back mm-hmm. in the day, your prescriber was your therapist, but managed care took care of that. Back in the day. Back in my, grandfather my day. A, my, grandfa- my grandfather was a psychiatrist in Miami. Um, nice. And he had he did psychotherapy with all yeah, his patients yeah. and prescribed them their medication one-stop was- shop for everything <laughs> but that makes sense like the person you're right. talking to also right right so, anyway, so, here we are <laughs> um i love this question this is probably this, this might be one of my favorite like top five questions of all time that i've gotten why should i go to therapy when i can just talk to my friends and family oh cool um i like this one so 
you depending on what you're talking about you don't have to mm-hmm. right but like your friends and family are going to tell you like what you want to hear or mm. whatever they have a biased opinion right like mm-hmm. they have a biased thing so there's that you're they're not going to necessarily like give you like solid feedback um if your friends and family tell you something that's hard for you to hear that could then also really strain the relationships because mm-hmm. that's kind of what a therapist does they hold up the mirror they give you feedback they kind of yes. tell you things that are hard to hear about yourself um and if you have like a real diagnosis like a major depressive disorder or panic disorder or mm-hmm. dissociative identities disorder or whatever like you have something real go- like really going on and I don't I don't mean to say that some of the other stuff that you would go to therapy aren't like real problems sure mm-hmm. um but I think there's like a spectrum you know of your 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 low functioning and then all the way to I want to talk about um how my boss sucks you know mm. so there's some easier kind of um higher functioning problems so that's right. what I'm talking about um and you can talk to your friends and family about how my boss sucks but a therapist is going to help give you insight of your mindset and how you Mm -hmm. can shift your experience with your sucky boss (laughs) right 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 and if my bosses if my bosses if my bosses are listening right now i love you you are great you are fantastic and i thank you for everything that you have ever done for me always love love always kai yeah there's some great bosses out there there are great bosses and i i'm i i I'm fortunate enough to to lead a team of uh, I would say like 15 people and I try to be like that empathetic like understanding but I'll also push you type of like leader you mm-hmm. know um because that's I know that's how I work well and I I try to you know apply that to the people that I like oversee but I also like to adapt to what works best for each individual person as well. So I try to be like the cool, like understanding, but I'll also push you to be better kind of boss. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does. So if any of my, if any of my team is listening to this today, you are amazing. Now get to work. <laughs> You're not supposed to be listening to this right now. You're supposed to be answering my emails. Dang it. <laughs> um. So this this last question here, and I I wanted to save this one for last because I think it's a really interesting topic. I didn't realize how how in depth this topic was until earlier this week. So let me give some background as to why this question. I'm I'm going to ask you this question, and I want I want to get your insight here. Uh, I put up a video earlier this week that was talking about self diagnosis. And in the video, pretty much all I was saying was there's nothing wrong with self-diagnosis. Just be careful because like you like if you are watching a bunch of like YouTubers or TikTokers or Instagrammers talking about like ADHD or something like that, be careful, you know, watching those things and then like self-diagnosing and then trying to treat everything on your own, right? Just be not saying that it's not possible, not saying that you shouldn't do it. Just be careful. And mm-hmm. so I put this video up and it just, I think it got taken the wrong way. And some of the responses that I was getting are things like, well, not everybody can afford therapy. And, oh, yeah. you know, like, not like it, you're, you're privileged because, you know, you, you know, like just a bunch of stuff that like, I, I was, all I was trying to say is just be careful. I'm not, I wasn't trying to say that you can't 
self-diagnose because like because my concern is this and you can correct me if i'm wrong with my mindset here because like you would know better than anybody but my concern is this if i think that i have adhd because i saw a, a instagram reel or a tiktok that described some symptoms right that are that might be legit symptoms and I, those are things that i experienced right and i self-diagnose my ADHD and I start treating myself for ADHD when in actuality that symptom that I think was attributed to ADHD is actually attributed to something else possibly depression anxiety it could be anything because a lot of these go hand in hand right a lot of these like intermix with the with each other my fear is that you could potentially make things worse by either uh n like not um focusing on the right thing or 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 not focusing on, on things at all like kind of pushing yourself in the wrong direction that's my biggest fear what are your thoughts on self-diagnosis well you just described differential diagnosis mm. <laughs> so there okay so my thoughts on <laughs> yeah so my thoughts on self-diagnosis um mm -hmm. so speaking from experience experience going mm -hmm. through graduate school and you go through the the DSM the diagnostic mm -hmm. statistical manual and that's where all of the diagnoses are listed mm -hmm. um everyone in my class when we were talking about a diagnosis I have that I have that I have that <laughs> so if you're what again here we go with the consumption if you are mm. watching and having something input and you're getting a snapshot of a diagnosis you're going to think you have it because mm. let's face it, all of, all of us encompass at least a piece of all of the diet of any of the diagnoses. Yes. Right? right. Because we're human beings, we're this complex thing. So I I personally have a really, really, really hard time with people self-diagnosing. Mm -hmm. Um because do you know what the differential diagnoses are? Do you know what it presents as? Do you I mean, yeah, you I guess you could read it in the DSM if you really, really, really looked. Um so, okay, fine. You, let's just say you read it in the DSM, you went through and you're like, nope, I definitely have all these criteria. Fine. Then the second piece of what you were talking about is now this self-help um, or uh, self-treatment. Right. Um, which I think depending on your diagnosis that you gave yourself, I, I, I err on the side of caution. I just, yeah. I just <laughs> yeah. wouldn't. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I think again, maybe with like, again, my boss sucks. Okay, fine. I can read a couple of books. I can like, you know, do some things to like change my thoughts and change my perspective and okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can do some of that stuff. But, um, when it comes to like ADHD or panic attack or mood disorders or a personality disorder, like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. be careful, right? Yeah. Oh man. Addiction? Yeah. Oh, you, mm -mm, honey, your brain got you here. You need to, you Absolutely. need a therapist and you need another addict who already went through the mm. steps, like mm -hmm. hands down. Yeah. And I, something that comes to mind is something that you said earlier in regards to the, a, a biased opinion, right? So like in regards to like with your friends, like when we we're talking about whether you should like why go to therapy when you can talk to your family or friends and something to keep in mind is you know there is a, a light bias there amongst family and friends and even and correct me if i'm wrong even amongst yourself there is a bias there that could be a potential limitation 
to getting the help that you really need, like ultimately need to, to get better. So yeah. it's just really tough. Cause I, I hear people, like, I hear you when, when you say like, you know, like a lot of the reasons why people have difficulty getting therapy, whether it's affordability or scheduling, whatever it may be. But like, I just, I truly do believe that there's just options out there for people like I like I feel like if you if you make the time and effort like truly I really do think that you can find a, a way, 100%. you know. That I, per- I, like oh, I'm sorry I don't mean to yeah. offend anybody but that mm-hmm. person who sent that comment probably did it from their iPhone. Mm. Hmm. If you can afford an iPhone, you can mm. afford therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Says, says the droid user who's had. Her yeah. Oh come on years. now. <laughs> Come over to the Apple family. <laughs> I can't afford it. <laughs> it is expensive. It is. It, yeah. it is expensive. <laughs> I've had the same phone for like five years. Oh man, yeah. I I just I just truly do believe that like when it comes to your mental health, like it's it's like I would say treat it just like your physical health. Like if I know my arm is if I know my arm is hurting and it could be something really bad you know, potentially like a, if it, I, it might be broken, I feel like it might be broken. <laughs> I'm, I just don't feel comfortable enough to, to try to not only diagnose, but make your own it. stint. Right. My, right. Called... Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, a, or make a cast, you know, like, yeah. like I don't have that expertise, not saying that like, I, you know, I couldn't, I guess, but like, there's reasons why, you know, doctors go about things like, and then maybe, you know, you broke it and yeah, maybe the bone's broken, but when you get an x-ray, you come to find out there's something else that's happening too, or maybe there's nerve damage. Like there's there's like so much that goes into that. And when we think about it from a, from a physical health perspective, we're like, oh yeah, I would never, you know, I broke my leg. I would never blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I mean, I wish that we viewed it the same way from a mental standpoint i really do am i crazy for thinking it that for thinking that no, way i i feel the same way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i feel the same way sorry i heard some weird noise oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's all good um no i i'm i'm yeah that 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 took me by surprise this week i was like i think some people are taking it the wrong way so if you were if you're one of those people that you know that watched the video <laughs> and and you know took it that way please know that like i i have no problem with self-diagnosis my whole thing is just be careful and i just want to make sure you're getting information from credible resources because i can tell you there's a lot of people out on tiktok right now and on instagram and on youtube that are just spewing some stuff they're they're spewing <laughs> and like i'm just like Ooh, you sure you sure about yeah. that <laughs> yeah yeah you know. So I try to be careful, but I, um, I agree. It's error yeah. in the sight of caution. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You're not going to be your own dentist. You're not going to be on your doctor. You're not going to mm-hmm. be like, mm, mm-hmm. being yeah. Therapist. Agreed. Um, Chelsea, thank you. You're amazing. Like I'm I, like, I'm, I, we have to, we're going to do it again. Like it's, it's going to happen. I believe you, you scheduled this one, I think maybe like five minutes after we finished our, la- our last one. So do you got to do the same thing. My schedules are always updated, you know? I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And whenever you're ready to have that talk about cancel culture, my, my friend Ooh, is down for a threesome. Let's, 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 <laughs> let's figure that out. Can we do that one next? Yeah. Let's, let's, let's schedule that. 
I'll be let's in Chicago with her in August, so I can put that okay. on the. Yeah, let's shoot. Let's shoot. Let's shoot for August. Let's do it. I'll I'll have my thoughts. In a, I'm just I'm so afraid to talk about it. I'm not gonna lie. That's my biggest fear, because I have thoughts and I'm just so afraid to put it out there sometimes because I don't want people to take it the wrong way. But like some aspects of cancel culture just bother me. Mm-hmm. Do you have some people pleasing? Uh... Oh, do I? <laughs> do, do I? <laughs> My middle name is People Pleaser. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just really, uh, it really, I have thoughts and uh, yeah, maybe I'll save it for August. Stay tuned. Yeah, yeah, stay tuned. Cliffhanger. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> uh, with that said, thank you so much, Chelsea, for taking the time out of your day. Uh, to sit and chat with me. Um, if you want more information about Chelsea and her practice, uh, Healthy Minds and More, I will include the link to her website in the description of this podcast, healthymindsandmore.com. Uh, and if you want even more exclusive content about my mental health and my life and all of that jazz, then you can uh, subscribe to my Patreon, the Vibe with Kai Patreon, only $1 a month, $12 a year. Uh, you can even get a seven-day free trial that's a thing I didn't even know you could do. If you go right now, you can get a seven-day free trial. I didn't even know that was a thing, but it's That's a thing. It's That's amazing. Yes. So go go don't do forget, that. Don't forget to kick anxiety to the curb either. Yes. Oh, yes. Wait, I have I have that information. Hold on. Let's scroll up. <clears throat> I'm going to read this verbatim. Why is my mouse being weird? Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Chelsea <laughs> also Chelsea is also the author of Kick Anxiety to the Curb a series of mental health workbooks that are now available on Amazon. How was that? How was that? Was <laughs> that nice. great or was that amazing? It was great, <laughs> I, it was great I, and amazing. It was <laughs> amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> uh, I will include links to that, uh, Kick Anxiety to the Curb, uh, in the description of this podcast as well. Uh, with that said, friends, friends, thank you so much for uh, for watching, for listening. As always, much love, good vibes, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. See you later.